Hello and welcome. This podcast is all about you. I'm delighted to be back after a long break since last August. It's been too long. But anyway, back down to it. Today's guest is Cormac Noonan. I'm absolutely delighted to have Cormac on. He is a blogger with Retired at 25. I'll provide links to that in the episode description. He's known for co-founding Pizza Sunday Club an organisation which gives pizza to the homeless every Sunday evening in Grafton Street. I'll also provide links to that. And basically, he's just an all-around legend. I know Cormac from primary school and secondary school, and our paths have diverged, but it was great to catch up with him and have him talk very insightfully about his own experience and how that can relate to others. Um, without further ado, here is Cormac Noonan. So, Cormac, I will preface this uh, conversation with a little introduction about you myself and I include links to your your blog retired at 25 and yeah. uh, which is fucking top quality so Cheers. highly recommend it to everyone um, but in your own words introduce yourself uh, so my name is Cormac Noonan um, I don't really know how to introduce myself to describe myself in a couple of words but uh, <laughs> well, I know no couple I, words, yeah, I know Pat from school we were in primary school together in this morning and uh and we're in paths as well together so uh haven't chatted too much now in the last couple of years but i've seen the work you were doing and on fa- i've seen it through facebook there with cash face first and then you and just thought that i'd like to get in touch with you and just kind of because i kind of have a similar kind of aims as yourself towards like kind of emotional well-being and stuff like that so I'm kind of helping people yeah in any way that maybe not that I'm not saying I know much but if, if it is something that I'd like to kind of get involved in in the future and stuff like that so I said I'd reach out to you and uh, yeah, that's yeah, well, t- t- yeah thanks a million for coming on and we were only speaking earlier about how our intentions align in terms of what we want to achieve largely like you want, we want we want to help people based on maybe your own suffering in the past mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it's it's good. I think our our approach to things is somewhat similar in that mm. uh, we have that element of humility to know that, listen, we're, it's not as if we fucking, we know all of that, we're special, but if there's something that helped us, yeah. we want to be able to transfer that on to other people. Now that shines through in the blog. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of hard sometimes when you're writing the blog because you don't, <clears throat> I don't want to come across like a, I'm preaching or something. It's like, I'm like, who's this fella? thinks he knows everything like but I'm just more from the things that I have experienced and things that I've learned myself I'm like if one person reads it and kind of benefits from what I've learned if they use it in their own lives then it'd be worth writing so yeah that's the way I see it and it's just like you kind of need to just forget I think it's like your ego can get in the way it's like I don't want to look stupid or something like that especially I have to fight that a lot when I'm writing and then I'm just like I just have to tell my story yeah. And if someone resonates with it, they do, great. And if they don't, that's okay. But I can't be worried about what people are going to think of me for like writing it. So I just, I try to be as honest as I can when I'm doing my writing, just as, same with like what you do with the podcasts and stuff. Like people are sharing their stories as honestly as they can. And it's, yeah. I don't think it's, e- it's not easy all the time, but I think it's important for people just to, when you're honest, like, and you share your story, other people realize, geez, I think like that as well. Or, stuff like that because like, we all you know everyone puts on a face to everyone else like as if everything's grand but we all kind of have these like doubting thoughts and stuff like yeah. that so I think it's just important to share that so we all realise we're in the same boat like yeah I think I think uh, we we run the risk of 
coming across as as preachy or as enlightened or uh, you know but you know that's that's it's, you can you kind of have to face that adversely and I suppose do it anyway because yeah. if you're not you're not being honest you know yeah. and, and uh, you can really see that in your writing that it is it is very honest um and just when you're when you're chatting there about how how you've been expressing yourself over the last while uh you reminded me of your last blog post about kind of mm. the whole idea of reputation and character yeah. um, and how by your by your eyes we should focus more on character versus reputation so like in the sense that when when we express ourselves we shouldn't be fearful of how we'll come across mm. we're just trying to be as honest and uh, forthcoming as we can be yeah. so with that in mind I'd like to know when when you're when you're thinking about character what do you see as like, uh, virtues of, of character that you try and cultivate for yourself? It's um, a good question. Um, I suppose the first one, what we were just talking about, honesty, I suppose for for me, I just, I try to be honest with mo- like as much people as I can. You know, sometimes you have to like tell the odd white lie for a certain, like, if you're not, especially if you don't want to be mean to someone, say like, oh, do, do I look good in this dress? You're not going to say no, like if it's yeah. some girl, but like <laughs> in general, like I want to be like honest with my mates and honest with everyone I meet, and just um not have to like try hide anything. Um, I think it's it's like a pro, so it's still a process of like being like my true self. I suppose my most honest self. You know the way, like sometimes with certain, I think I find certain people you don't really let your full self out as much you kind of like have different personalities for different people you meet which yeah i don't know if everyone has that but i know i have it but i'm getting better at just being my like true self more of the time yeah um, because you have different groups of friends say like for me you'd have like friends from football friends from college friends from home and they'd be all kind of i'd act slightly different around each but i'm kind of as time goes on i'm getting like acting more the same yeah for each group um yeah another value that i'd kind of be always conscious of is like listening to people you know i was reading a book recently it's uh the seven habits of highly effective people and uh it just talks about one of the habits is listen to understand i'm sorry seek first to understand then to be understood and it's just so now like whenever i'm like talking with someone i kind of i'm always trying to understand from their point of view instead of just listening to reply and like listening to understand and i think that's something that it's a rare skill for people to actually use like anyone can do it but a lot of people just kind of wait for their response or they might be listening uh, but they're not really trying to see it from the other person's perspective which i think is important because one thing i have realized in the last couple of years is like not everyone sees the world the way i see it so i have to try and see it from their perspective like like where they come from to kind of see things the way they do um yeah so that's one that's another one for me it's just kind of like and treat every person i meet with like the same attention it's like doesn't matter who they are like even just a stranger like i'll treat them with the same respect and attention as anyone like doesn't matter if they're like the ceo of a top company or like they're just someone on the side of the street like i'll like make eye contact ask them how they are if i'm if i do meet them like i'm not gonna just ignore someone based on their status or where they are in life but uh yeah yeah so i I suppose 
but there are a couple that just come to mind I suppose there's probably more that maybe now I just kind of subconsciously live by but I yeah, just think uh, being a good person in, in general yeah. well those I think those three uh, are, are crucial at least uh, yeah. in my perspective as well to to being a good person so yeah. number one was uh, was being honest and like I I obviously share that, that view always shy talking about the whole philosophy of having nothing to hide do you know what I mean yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's basically what I've been trying to live like for the past mm-hmm. uh, uh, for many years since I kind of first came forward with my own uh, my own stories and <clears throat> so I, I definitely yeah. couldn't um, I know that from experience how valuable that's been to me yeah. um, and it's funny now we can we can get back to it in a bit there's a there's a a philosophy online that I've actually found very helpful over the past uh, mm-hmm. few years um, was introduced to by Sam Harris uh, mm. another f- famous podcast and dude but uh, he he talks about how lying is basically always harmful even white lies but oh, we, right. we, we, if I, yeah, yeah. we can talk about that later yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you were talking about I suppose list, listening to people having a, I suppose, mm. a, a respect for other people and uh, seeing Seeing how they're seeing where your worldview fits into theirs, so I think that's fucking unbelievable. Mm. And I think, you know, be interested to hear your thoughts on this. I find mm. it hard to to strike that balance in a sense because I don't I don't want to be pretentious um, or arrogant uh, mm. when I'm when I'm podcasting when I'm maybe sharing the odd essay or something. Um, as if I'm somehow informed in a way some other people aren't, yeah. you know, but yet it's very hard to kind of promote ideas you think are good without yeah. your face being on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. but anyway, that's a, I'd be interested to hear you, how, how you manage that. But then before I forget the, the third, the third thing you mentioned was the, remember, you know, shit. Sorry, yes, treating yes, yes. Yeah. Which to me, when I think of you, that just that really springs to my mind as one of your absolute character virtues, and sure. I think it's something that I really admire in you, and it's something that I, I, I will, I do try and emulate. Like you've definitely inspired me to be more like that, particularly with the work you've done with Pizza Sunday Club. You know, it it just <clears throat> how you spoke to me before about how that came about, um. And it just, it really rings true with the example you gave of, let's say you meet some, inverted commas, super important CEO and, you know, some random guy in the street. Like, we all, human beings have a kind of an inherent value, like, you know, and um, I don't know if, I don't know if you would aspire, I don't know if you'd, um, like, attribute some sort of spiritual value to it or something, but there, obviously some people can contribute more to the world than others, but I think we all have great capacities and that, that's the, it's the capacity and it's the the inherent value of each person that we need to fucking really really uh focus on when we're, when we're meeting different people before i rant on anymore first i'd love to hear how you told that line between listening to people and sharing your own ideas and your own stories mm-hmm. and being at the forefront of your own blog you know it's yeah. a very personal thing yeah um, and then also i'd love to hear about uh the Pizza Sunday Club and how, what, what, how that has in, informed you. Okay. Um, yeah, so the one with the, the blog, it was, uh, I just look at it on the point of view that 
every time I write now, I try to just tell my story and I kind of focus it more back on myself. Instead of saying, you should do this to whatever it is, like if you want to be happier, you should exercise more. I just say, for me, this is what works. This is my story, you know what I mean? And it, I'm just saying, I even probably say a few times in blog posts, like, uh, I think one blog I said, don't listen to me. I think it was something like that. It was based on yeah. why you shouldn't listen to me because I don't know what's best for you. I'm just telling my story. So listen, but don't take everything I say seriously because half the time I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about anyway. So, but then, and then, but just when you asked me that question, I just kind of realized, because I haven't wrote a blog in like three or four months, well, you know, since January, so. Uh, and I kind of trying to figure out why I don't want to write like I've went to write them I've like sat down like right I'm going to write a blog most of the time I sit down I don't really know what it's going to be about until I start writing and then I kind of do things start clicking I'm like oh this one I want to write about today and then like I've done that a few times and then I just kind of like stopped and just kind of lost interest in a, what I was writing and I think part of it is because I've had a recent shift in my thinking towards really focusing on trying to understand other people's point of views. And now that my, now I think it's just my, my point of view is kind of, I just kind of keep questioning it. Not, not questioning it. Like I kind of think, I know this is the way I see things, but I'm just like, I don't want to be forcing my point of view anymore at the minute. Uh, so maybe I need to just get over that because it's, as you said, like we have to just not care what people think. But at the minute I'm just, I'm taking so much in from other people that I'm finding it hard to like, like give my opinion until because I'm kind of like still taking so much in I'm not ready to just give it out just yet so maybe hopefully soon I'll write something but it's just uh, I think that I was just trying to figure out why I haven't wrote in a while and it's because I've changed that mindset to yeah. like even when I go to the pub now like I have plenty to say if I, if I want but I, I rarely like when I'm meeting new people like I haven't even been talking much about my own stories I haven't been telling people I'm just there I'm just listening a lot more I noticed I just kind of listen and kind of more interested in the other person than I am about telling my own story. Yeah. Um, and I actually enjoy doing that because, you know, the way we always want to tell our stories and stuff. I'm just like, I'm just happy there to listen to other people. And um, I know obviously sometimes I'll throw in one or two stories, but it's uh, it's just the last couple of months since I, I moved to Montreal there in the start of February. So uh, I think since I moved there, I just kind of have different mindset when I meet people, just kind of listening to them more. Um, so yeah, and, and sorry just yeah. before we before we get to Pizza Sunday Club uh, I think there's there's virtue in what you're describing there um, you're after reminding me of a book I haven't finished but about halfway through it uh, by a guy called David Brooks he wrote a book on the road to character and mm-hmm. one of the kind of common he writes about different important people in history and the different virtues in their in their characters but one kind of common theme across each very inspiring individual was this idea of reticence um, and how they did good things that they did good things uh, that they felt were right when they were starting out doing them, but they weren't grandiose about it. They weren't mm. uh, they didn't kind of indulge in some sort of self flattery. You know they they recognized pride as a vice in a sense. You know that it wasn't going to be helpful to their cause. Yeah. So they were happy to do their damnedest and work very hard, but not. Uh, t- let's say take all the credit yeah. because they understood you know the don't they keep doing it for the right reasons yeah the right reasons and they, and they lost they, in the yeah they realised that yeah. the, the power the power of what they did 
wasn't necessarily down to them, but was down to their circumstances mm. and the things that they had learned from other people. Yeah. So they, they didn't, in a sense, they didn't own their own success. Their success was owned mm. by their luck and, and the, the, the people mm. around them, yeah. the environment that shaped them and the, mm. the family that they grew up in. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Please, so, yeah. so I think there's kind of a calibrating game which we have to play. Like, and, you know, sometimes we can be fucking super outgoing and really prolific and fucking bang, banging out the blogs or uh, banging out the podcasts in, in my, yeah. more recently in my instances. But, um, like, I if it makes you feel more comfortable, like, I, like I, my last podcast was released, I think, in August of last year, so, oh, I think there's, I don't know, in life, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, yeah, there's, a, there's an ever flow, and like, mm. I suppose, we're, we're, we're on, our intentions remain the same, but just, I suppose, the way we go about things, will, mm. will change, and it's trying to find, trying to execute that balance and act, yeah. but it's, it's, it's kind of not easy, it's hard, it's hard to hit the sweet spot, mm. but, uh, I suppose, to hit that sweet spot, we have to. It, it takes listening to people and learning from other people as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see you fucking the real value in that. Yeah, because I remember for a while there, I was doing my blog, I committed to like doing one every week. So, every Sunday, I just said, no matter what, I have to post it. Uh, I think I actually had it set to automatically post on Sunday at 12 pm or something, even if there was nothing there. So, I was like, I have to write something. Okay. So, that like kind of forced me. Yeah. Um, like, one of the earlier blogs was about setting deadlines so I knew like I had to set the deadline and then I get it done it's like in college like you have an assignment to get it done just before the deadline but so I did that and I was doing it like week on week and uh, it was very introspective stuff and I, I remember just after a while I was just I needed a break from it because I was just getting nearly too introspective and like overthinking everything all my experiences were kind of, I was kind of processing them like from a writer's mind and I just and then I like took a break for a while and you just, you kind of need the breaks, like, as they come, and you just have to kind of, and then I'm, like, more in tune with myself, and I'm just, like, I don't, I'm pretty happy not writing right now. Like, I've, I'm writing a lot, like, in my journals and stuff, but yeah. I'm not, I just, at the minute, I just don't want to sh- share everything from my own life. I'm just really happy, like, I've actually never been happier than I am the last couple of months in Montreal, okay. just, like, set up a nice little easy life for myself there. It's very simple, like, it's, it's nothing amazing about it, but I'm just really happy in myself over there so um i just don't really feel the need to have to to share right now but i'm sure i'll kind of get back into the mode of writing and sharing again but um of course you will yeah so i two things come up there but yeah. before before i get on to them the two things that came up were uh were happiness and introspection they're two things i'd love to mm. ask you more about but before yeah. before we uh lose track of, well before i lose track of myself um Pizza Sunday Club. Mm. Tell so, talk, you don't have to go as in depth yeah, as you yeah. wish. Yeah. Um, about how how it began, and what you learned from the experience. Okay. Um, yeah. First, I was just that was what I was gonna say. The thing what you were talking about that, um, the lads didn't want to take credit for what they've done because it wasn't really like, it was through their environments and their, like where they were in the world and all the people that influenced them and stuff. Um. So for me, it's kind of the same with Pizza Sunday Club. I remember at the, when I did start, uh, it was me and my friend, Martin Connolly. We, it was like, it started, so I used to walk to work every day in Dublin. I was working in Dublin in an office and then uh, I used to walk by the same homeless man every day. And then I just remember it saying, I was like, Jesus, 
it didn't change the odd day, but I, I knew like I was like it's not really gonna make a difference like, but uh, and then I was just like, geez, someone should really do something about the homeless situation. It was really bad, and I was just like, and I was like, fuck it, sure, why can't I do something? And so I was like, then it was coming up to Christmas time, and I was supposed to do twelve pubs in Alvin, and then I just said, I decided to skip it then and just spend the money that I would have spent. I spend on pizzas instead. So myself, I asked Marty because, like, I knew he wouldn't kind of question my intentions or whatever, and I asked him to come with me because I didn't really like he was good at like meeting strangers and shit. I wasn't good at that. Okay. So I, I was like, you come with me, and then so we just bought a load of pizza and then uh, just went around and started just sat down beside like homeless people and just started chatting to them and asking if they want pizza and stuff. Um. So it was a actually an amazing experience that day was, I think we chatted over like 20 people um, and it was just it was an amazing just to sit on the ground beside them and just watch like we we're like on Grafton Street and like just before Christmas 23rd of December like, and you just people just passing by you and you just actually feel invisible like you just you're sitting there and no one even is, is looking at you you're just like getting because it was just a weird uh, it was a weird experience for me as well but I'm just I learned a lot like we talked all day about it but it's it was kind of the main thing was just like how grateful people were for the sliced pizza and and how also how like conscious they were of not eating too much and they were like oh you better hurry on to the next person there's I think there's a lad around the corner there and hurry before it gets cold and all this so they're very conscious of like the other people that were in the same situation as them and uh, and the other thing was that I noticed was very they were very honest in their stories like they just like me and Marty were two strangers and they just shared like the good and the bad of their stories like if they were addicts or whatever they'd tell us they didn't like try to hide anything like you know um so it was really amazing experience um very humbling as well I think but uh yeah and I did I said to Marty I was like oh, don't don't be like share saying this to anyone or sharing on Facebook or anything I was like I don't really want to like I want to be doing it for the right reasons. I don't want to be like, look what I did. You know what I mean? And then... But you want to the likes. And I was just like... But then, after a while, I wanted to do it then every Sunday. Or... It was actually every Thursday I start. But then it turned into every Sunday. And Marty was just like, we need to fucking like, tell people about this and uh, get more people on board. And then I was like, yeah, fair enough. And then I was like... I saw it as my ego getting in the way again. I was like... It's I like if I can help more people by telling more people, then I need I should help more people. You know what I mean? It's not about me looking humble. It's about getting the word out there to help more people. So that's yeah. And then yeah, so that was all. And then we just kind of did it for like we kept doing it every Sunday, and then just got more and more people and more sponsors for pizzas and stuff and board and that. So, um, but it was a great experience. I remember, it's like we do it every Sunday, no matter what mood you're in on a Sunday, like on the weekend, you go down, like some people be hungover, like, come, but you go down anyway, and you just, you always leave in a better mood, I think it's because, you just appreciate things more, when you go down there and see, like it's, sad as well in a way, when you're down there, to see like, the way people have to live, like on the street, or whatever, but you just come away after, because you're kind of, you're really connecting with people, and like, it was all about, for us, it wasn't about the pizza, it was all about chatting, and getting to know, people on the streets and stuff and you come away from it like just feeling like 
I don't know if it was a mixture of doing something good or just connecting with people and then and also a mixture of like just being grateful for everything you do have and like you can't really start complaining of fucking like oh the hangover when you just see all like the way people have to live like so um I think that's what I got from it and just I met some really cool people through it so yeah yeah fucking a, a lot came from it but yeah uh, two two really power, two powerful messages that come through there uh, first being an image just you paint a fucking compelling picture of sitting down beside a, a homeless mm. person and gaining gaining that perspective of becoming invisible mm. and I can only imagine how dehumanising that would have been just for yourself in those moments do you know what I mean yeah. and then then you, you translate that into the homeless person's every day and you're like yeah, right yeah. and I suppose it won't, I'd be uns- I'd be surprised if that if that experience didn't inform how you act now in terms of mm. treating everybody with a certain level of respect and, and love and kindness and compassion do you know everybody yeah. whether you're fucking big dick CEO or uh, everyday Joe Soap or fucking somebody in, in dire circumstances uh, be it a homeless person so that that image fucking is is very compelling and um, it leads us was the next point of kind of action action versus action over inaction you know mm, like yeah. in that you had you had this idea and you did you didn't leave it at that you know I think I know I know from my own experience there are a lot of ideas a lot of ideas which I do think would be helpful if they were executed or implemented in my own life or in my own work that I have yet to do and that I, I've yet mm-hmm. I, I, I you know maybe I never will do and I think a lot of people have that and thankfully you didn't let that inaction uh, overcome your desire to do something useful in those instances so mm-hmm. I I find what you did inspired myself for when I fucking think of something that might be useful to actually go and fucking do it and I hope other people do as well because when when we have when we have these ideas that we think might be helpful I think we, we should always try and you know the worst that can happen is nothing mm. you know and that's the way it was before you had the idea so you know no, no loss yeah. you know uh, but yeah fucking powerful powerful stuff and is is the pizza center club still going? Yeah, it's still going. Yeah, um, so I've been in Canada for the last year and a half to just a few trips home here and there. But uh, yeah, the lads are still keeping it going, and the girls there. Uh, so they have like a committee that meets in chaplains. I think they meet. Uh, I think the time is half seven, uh, and then they head down to Grafton Street for about eight or half eight, and they set up there till for like an hour or two with and then we still get pizzas like sponsored by um it's changed a bit since i was there now um but there's, the, there's, there's like pizzas pizza and pizza stuff and, yeah. yeah and then like stuff from like avoca and stuff like food stuff and class um but yeah the lads are still keeping it going so I, i'm just holding out for a couple of weeks so i'll probably yeah. call down to it there yeah of course, of course. but uh yeah so it's cool to see that still going and like still, but also I was there over Christmas since I hadn't been there in over years, and then it's kind of sad to see the same faces there, like yeah. coming to the table. Just yeah, yeah, the psychology is they're still in the same situation, but I suppose that's the way it is at the minute. Yeah, it's just, and it's like I don't, I don't mean this as <laughs> like a, a as a self indulgent kind of thing, but um, 
you know, it's it's not only the homeless people that benefit from the experience. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. you, you benefit yeah. greatly from yeah. the experience from like a humanistic perspective. You know, and yeah. you've you're bringing those lessons now in, into your life. And um, mm. you know, the homeless people are getting a bit of food and a bit of company, and they're expressing themselves, which is you know is helpful. Like you don't need to fucking mm. you don't need oh you don't need to house people to make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, just you, need to. you, you just need to make it human, yeah, yeah, connections, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, see them, I suppose, yeah. yeah, but yeah, definitely, because we had like a, it does, the committee's still there, it keeps changing, like, as like time goes on, like people kind of come in and out, like even myself, like I'm gone now, but when I was there as well, there was loads of people that came, like, and we all like, kind of came to it in, from different ways, we never, people like that we never met before, but they might have heard about it on Facebook or something like that, and someone would come down and then we all became like great friends on the yeah. committee and then like some people who were experiencing homelessness were on the committee as well so they'd come like with ideas for the club right. and stuff yeah. but we I think everyone got something from it like we just made great friendships and we were kind of like supporting each other as well like because or say like because we all go through shit at different times in yeah. our lives and we just had a really good bond from that like committee and stuff I think it was because of the honesty that you, you're dealing with on a Sunday you just just make friendships really quick. I don't know, it was, it was pretty cool, yeah, so, um, definitely more people, like, benefit from it than just those in the streets, yeah. like, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And listen, you actually mentioned it in a, in a blog post, I hope I'm doing it justice and I'm, I, I get the gist yeah. of it, but it was, um, you know, you are not your job title. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, like, I work as a research assistant, but, you know, that doesn't fucking identify who I am and, you know, yeah. with that in mind, you're not the fucking Pizza Sunday Club yeah, dude, yeah. you know, there's fucking a hell of a lot more to your character. So, um, you know, we, if it comes up again, daily, you know, but we'll, we'll fuck, we've, we've, uh, we've a lot to talk about, yeah. you know. So, like, with, with the blog in mind, um, there was a couple of things that came up. You thought, you thought, you mentioned introspection and you described it as a, as a painful job in one of your blogs. Mm. And I'd just be curious to know your experience with introspection and any any uh, emotional attachments you have to the idea of introspection and mm-hmm. um, what your relationship is with your own with your own mind do you know what I mean yeah yeah Jeez. there's a lot of thoughts coming to my head now about that yeah <laughs> big question to put <laughs> uh, I suppose I've always been like when I was younger I, I always saw myself as an overthinker I'd overthink everything I don't know if you were probably the same, but yeah. Uh, so like, that wasn't for me. That was like very tough when I was younger, because I'd always like, I was always doubting myself and like overthinking things and just usually ruined it. Like, uh, say even if I was at work, like, be landscaping with my father or something when I was younger, and I'd just overthink everything and just like get fucking up or something. Like the simple tasks, even I just be like, what is wrong with me? I can't just do it like everyone else can do it because I just think too much and I suppose over the years that's kind of led to me like I was always kind of introspective I think but I didn't really know what to do with that I always I never really thought that I could actually change myself and like grow I suppose until I think it was like my the start of college uh I started college and I it was I don't really like talking about this time and what I said I have to be honest but uh, yeah. it, it kind of came from like say with like talking to women because I just had this 
So I went to Pat's, which is an all boys school, which I think is just doesn't set us up well when we get out of school. We can't fucking talk to girls like you're missing from like thirteen to like seventeen, eighteen. Like you're you're growing like as a teenager, and you're not like communicating with girls on a regular basis. And like we had great crack because it was all lads, but you just you're missing out on that development of like. So I just I don't understand why we do it that way. But anyway, um, so I went to college, taught like. I wasn't like bad with girls in like secondary school, but went to college and I just didn't know how to like talk to girls and stuff. And I was just like, like it was first and second year, I was just like pretty bad. I was just like, what is wrong with me? And I need to like sort this out. And then, uh, then I found this fellow Leo Gura on, I don't know how I found him. Just, I think I even looked up stuff like how to talk to girls properly. Like it's pretty embarrassing to say it now, but that's the way it was. And, uh, and then I found this chap, Leo Gura, I actualized the org's website, but that was like my first introduction to like self-development or whatever you want to call it. And I just, one of the videos, he just started talking about how like you can change yourself. And that was just like a breakthrough moment for me. I was like, I can actually change who I am. And like, not like that there's anything wrong with me, but I mean like become the person I want to be. Like, I don't have to be that shy Cormac anymore. I can be like, more outgoing, I can be better with women, and I can do, like, whatever I want to do in life, like, and be happier, um, I never say that I was, like, depressed or anything, I never, like, hit, like, like, a depression, but I was never, like, happy with who I was, like, in myself, I was never, like, I never talked great of myself, if you know what I mean, and I always put myself down, like, in my head, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, I found him, and that just kind of started, like, this personal development like personal growth for me um sort of funny just started like, trying to get girls but uh yeah i'm still working on that but yeah um yeah so that was where it started for me and then it so i suppose this personal growth thing is most takes a lot of like introspection to see where you want to grow and like what areas of your life you're kind of like i i would like to be better at this so like i do meditation like every day so and that kind of helps me be more like aware of situations that I feel uncomfortable so it's um, I always like chase those situations where I'm uncomfortable and try to become comfortable so it's uh, so I see a situation say if I'm like starting a new job I'm uncomfortable at the start and I'm like uh, I don't like the feeling of not knowing what I'm doing and stuff so it's like how do I get better at that I ask more questions of the boss like what should I be doing instead of just being in an uncomfortable state all the time. Um, so like, I always just like attack those. It's like you're attacking your fears really. So say like stuff like public speaking, which I would have been terrible at like back. I remember even from my confirmation, I had to speak, like just read it, reading like everyone else had to do it. And I went just like pure red. My voice was like, I was like kind of choking a bit. I had to like cough a few times and face from pure red and I was just like everyone's looking at me and yeah and now I can I haven't done huge talks but I could did a few talks in schools and stuff and I just wouldn't have this like every time I do it I just get better and yeah it just gets easier yeah so I'm just like attacking sort of like any fears that I have um so I suppose that's kind of the way I look at it now for my personal development and I just I'm almost not addicted as drama but I just I just always like improve myself and just life gets easier as you attack these things that are holding you back and you just start enjoying life more like as I said I'm, I've never been happier 
that I am in Montreal, but it's not like my lifestyle is that amazing. It's just, I don't even do much. I just, I'm working as a painter, like Monday to Friday. Um, at least I'm not in the office, I couldn't do that now, but, uh, like I go to the coffee shop in the evening and I'm learning French and just, I'm not even, for the first six weeks there, I didn't even like go out. I wasn't drinking. I just took a break from drinking. Um, like I still went to the pub and chat to people, but I was, it's not like I'm living an amazing lifestyle. It's just my, my mind and just so like at peace with myself just because like I'm happy where I am. Um, I'm happy where I am, but I'm always growing, like continuing to like keep growing to the person that like want to become. And, uh, yeah, so that's the way introspection. And I suppose the other thing I'm kind of doing at the minute is we're talking about Alan Ford earlier. He's a, we both know him from school as well, but so he's doing a, he's a qualified life coach now. So he's, I was chatting to him about stuff and then he was like, oh, I do a life coaching session with you. And I was like, yeah, okay. I didn't really know much about life coaching, but I was like, so now I've been meeting him a couple of times and I've been doing like over the phone when I was in Canada as well. So I think five or six sessions we've done now, but that's been really great thing for me as well for introspection because it's, he's kind of getting me to ask questions on myself as well. Like, and he's kind of like digging deeper and stuff like that. And so I'm kind of, really like progressing a bit faster with that so um so yeah and for me it can be tough at times because even the last time I met Alan there was uh <clears throat> I was just like I wasn't even looking forward to the session because I was like I know I felt like I was gonna start talking about stuff in my past that I just didn't really want to deal with but so you have to you just have to dig into the like the painful areas of your of your past like the whatever gremlins are in your mind and and then you kind of attack them head on. You can't, they'll always come back to bite you someday. So that's the way I see it. And uh, so it's the other thing I was thinking, of, the way I'm looking at it at the minute, <clears throat> I'm doing, a, I was reading the book, fella, Jedediah Jenkins. He's like a writer on Instagram. But uh, I read his book. It was like a cycle from Oregon to Patagonia. And uh, it just inspired me because of the way his cycle brought out all those kind of inner demons and it was just him like on the road cycling for miles and miles and he had nothing but time to think and like he, he said like thoughts just kept coming at him like he couldn't stop them like thoughts from his past and stuff so i read that book and it kind of inspired me to go on a cycle so i'm doing it at the I'm supposed to be at the start of july now i'm going to cycle from montreal to the east coast canada like st john's newfoundland so it's like 1600 miles and just by myself to bring a hammock and maybe couch surf on the way or whatever but it's like I want I, I don't even like cycling that much I'm just <laughs> like I want to do it because I know I'm going to have to deal with whatever shit that's still there that I haven't dealt with and I just want to just take that time to kind of just cycle by myself and just kind of figure it all out not that like you know the way people say oh you have these epiphanies or whatever I'm not like I don't think I'm going to have any great epiphany. I think it's just going to be shit for most of it. And I'll just be like, this is pretty bleak. But uh, I don't know. I think it's I get good to just sit alone sometimes. I like, can just or just be by yourself and just deal with that shit that's coming into your head instead of just... To, a lot of people we, nowadays, we just distract ourselves with our phone or TV or whatever it is. But when you actually just face that shit that's going on in your head and you just be like, why am I thinking like that? And how can I 
not think like that and then like develop the skills that you need to like become more confident in yourself and more peace with yourself so and that's gonna so that's gonna be like i see it as like my big penultimate ride to like just sort all any shit that's holding me back that's in my head okay so i can be free to do all the things i want to do like in the future or whatever it is when i come home or like i'd be free to like love fully without fearing like rejection or fearing like uh i don't know like you know the way say if you're in love you might fear that they might leave you or they might they're not good enough for them or they might cheat on you it's like i think i'm just aiming to be just at peace with myself where i i don't fear any of that sort of stuff i'm just i know my worth my value and i'm just really happy where i am i don't need anything external to be happy i'm just happy yeah in this moment right now and you see the cycle as being an important part and you I, see that experience as being an important part and becoming become comfortable with yourself yeah I just see it as a it might like unravel some other stuff that I because I know there's some stuff in my head that like from my past that I haven't really dealt with I don't really know what it is at the minute but I just know okay I just believe that doing something like a cycle like that will just give me the time to to think about this sort of stuff and kind of yeah. deal with it and I've been doing a lot of like journaling as I go to kind of like mm. jot down all these thoughts and figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think another part of the cycle as well is like the physical pain of it will be tough because I was reading another book. I'm still reading it. I'm nearly finished. Tony Griffin, he's a former Clare hurler. He cycled across Canada. He has a book, Screaming at the Sky, and he just talks about, he was talking about the physical pain of the cycle and how it was just like nothing he ever experienced. I was just all like, like his legs just cramping up and stuff and I was just like Jesus why am I doing this but <laughs> I think it's yeah. for him he was like trying to prove to himself like did he still have it like to go that distance say for sport and stuff yeah. and uh, so that's part of it as well as kind of for like a bit of game football so it'd be and I, I've never say for Gaelic I've never reached my full potential in the sport I, like I always I've I don't think anyone ever comes off playing the perfect game or anything like that, but I never felt like I even got close to my best playing for like Sanchestown. And I don't know, I feel like that's partly due to like my confidence levels just weren't, aren't where they should be for football. Um, because I think you, you can be confident in different areas and like some can be way more than others. And for football, it's always been my kind of like uh, my gauge for like where I'm at. And it's just like, I think it's going to be the last one that I kind of, I finally figure out because, uh, okay. yeah, I don't know why, but for some reason, football seems to be one that I just can't ever play my best at. I don't know why. But, uh, okay. so I think put myself through the pain of the physical pain of the cycle, like, do I still have what it takes to push myself to the limit in terms of like sport and physical activity? But, uh. Yeah, so, so that. your your penulti- your penultimate goal is your is your kind of person person self development goal, and then your yeah. ultimate goal is your sporting achieve is is your what you want to do uh, as a sports person. Yeah, is like that fair to say? yeah, well, goal for now, I suppose to for like next year, I wanted to come back and as much as I want to travel and see the world and see all these different places, I apparently just like I think I'll never be satisfied in myself if I don't come home and try to win like the Keegan Cup with Senchtown and okay. like give it one year where I'm just fully committed yeah. and 
because I don't think I've ever fully committed myself. I've always had other stuff going on, or there's always an excuse that you like. You always say I never really gave it my all, so I'm like, I want to just come home one year and just give it my all, and yeah. at least I think if we, if I do and a couple of other lads do, like we could win it. But at least if I give it my all, I know like I can, because I'm not that young anymore. Like I only have so many years left playing football. Like who knows. I don't want to be sitting there like oh, I never really tried to win it. Okay, so yeah, that, would be a, that would be a regret. You that would be my potential yeah. regret. Yeah, yeah. And that's if you if I had to describe like how I live my life or the way I see life, I'd always be just I'd always say I just try to live with no regrets. And that's okay. the one thing because I always look at things. Will I regret if I don't go for this or if I don't okay. do this now? Yeah. Um. So that's. I just think that could be one if I don't do it. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting framing to kind of have yeah. have things in, like, if you're going to regret it or not. Yeah. I suppose, I can see, I can definitely, definitely see how you're a very thoughtful person in that you, like you said, some, you know, you suffered from overthinking things in the past, like, yeah. not maybe appreciating the simplicity of a task and, uh, you know, you have the instructions but you know, in, in your mind they're not enough, so you go further and then it doesn't go right. And yeah. I can I can empathize with that absolutely. Like I I would still overthink a lot of things in my life. But um I don't know, I I, I can see I can see an element of maybe uh self abasing that's the right word, but like kinda self flagellation. Like you're kinda hard on yourself as well in a sense, like even just the way you frame them your confidence and uh I can see that I can see the, the determination in your eyes and in your in your face like uh, this is where I should be for football and mm. I kind of for me I'm like fuck man that's that's where you that's where you you could be you you could be like that and mm. you would perform better but you know you don't have to be a certain way do you know what I mean like it I think yeah. it I think I think when we frame things this is just an aside now I think yeah. when we frame things uh, like I should be doing this or I should be doing that I think we could we assume a lot of pressure and and mm. life becomes more difficult than it maybe has to be like you know and I I'm not saying that that's that's a fair uh, reflection on how you do feel about things but yeah. I just I, I know I know for myself that um I do at times and certainly have in the past felt that this is something I have to do not uh, instead of. This is something I could do, and this is something if I do, I might enjoy. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to do anything. Like true, you know, true. I could fucking hit the stop button on this podcast, and you know, just walk out the door and leave you sitting here. You know, I don't have to stay. You know, but yeah. I think, I think when we frame things like we have to do something, it can be it can be stressful. But um, so so much came came up in, in what you're saying there. I'd love to reflect on just a couple of tidbits, and um, it's funny I, I could see. You see the awkwardness in your body and your skin when when you're talking about starting college and that uh the the transition from an all boys school to the fucking real world. Yeah. Do you know? And and I I can absolutely empathize with that as well. And that's a, that's something I struggle with massively. And uh, I think it's it's funny in a in a horrible sense that uh you feel embarrassed saying it. Yeah. Because. Of course you fucking found it so difficult going to college. You were surrounded. You were basically removed from representatives of half of the world's population yeah. in your most fucking formative years in sexual development. Yeah. And then you're thrust into the world, you know, mm. 
uh, where you're surrounded by women and 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 men obviously yeah. and you know this is this is a practically another species that you haven't been exposed to with the exception of teachers who you who you fucking obsess over in, in your <laughs> old boys school do you wonder like what sort of, uh, what sort of relationship are you supposed to what, what sort of fucking development and understanding are you yeah. supposed to have of the opposite sex when the only women in your life are the teachers in your school mm. or your family yeah you know that's it's just not it's, it's not it's not a fair expectation and then i think on top of that then there seems to be this like undercurrent of like this pressure when you get to college of like sex and all this and everyone's like i even remember freshers week and they're like handing out free condoms and all this it's like yeah yeah i need loads of them like, yeah. like oh i didn't need that, that <laughs> but like it is yeah. and i think Lads will never talk about that either because they all like I'd say most lads probably lie about how many like girls they've slept with or whatever. But and I just think that's it's such an unnecessary pressure to have yeah. when you're starting college and stuff and um or lads would say things like, Oh, if you go to coppers and you don't get the ride, you're useless or something like that. Yeah, there's like, something there's something, something wrong, wrong with you, you like and you, That's like a fucking like, cliche. What's wrong with me, like Yeah but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. But and like I'm sure I wasn't the only one that was like anyone that did go to a boys' school, or even if you went to a mixed school, like you still, still like you're finding yourself like in college. Like I, the start of college, I definitely didn't know who I was or what I liked, or I always kind of just tried to fit in in like secondary school and stuff, and yeah. kind of didn't really have my own thoughts or opinions on things. I just kind of went with the lads, and then I was like, when I went to college, like I didn't like all my mates from secondary school in London went with me, like so. I had to just make new friends and I don't know, I just kind of had to like re-find my like interests and stuff. I was like, who, who am I sort of thing? But uh, when you're just with, like, what do I even like, like to do? I just always was with, just did with the lads did, you know what I mean? Yeah. I never really questioned it for myself until I got to college. So um, that was obviously like a lot of, like I grew a lot in them years. Like, but uh, of course. So I think, yeah, for anyone that's, like and then throw on top of that just not being able to talk to women like it just yeah i wouldn't say i had a hard time in college i was actually really enjoyed it but it's just uh i learned a lot about myself and only for that self-development stuff i knew that i could become whatever i want like if there was something that i didn't like about myself i could get better at it yeah and change it i suppose uh what well, sounds like a difficult time but does, difficult doesn't mean bad yeah difficult exactly yeah. can be important and formative yeah. Do you know, and exciting. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of. Yeah. I think we often view adversity in a negative light. Mm. Like so, you, you even re- reflected on it on your uh, intentions to cycle this way yourself. You're like, oh, it's going to be torture. I'm such a lunatic in a sense. I don't know if you said those words, but <laughs> you, that was kind of the message you're conveying. But and I'm, I'm sure that's the report you're getting of other people. Mm. And it's because we I, I, we have these this idea about adversity that that it's a it's a bad thing like you know, uh, physical and emotional pain are bad things. Whereas you know you're doing it because for a reason that it's 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 important. You find yeah. it an important thing to do. So it's adversity important. can be important, like you know, because it can yeah. help you learn and realize things that you wouldn't realize without that adversity. Like not mm. not if if you're if you're given the option to do something, and the only reason you can think of for not doing it is that it's difficult like that's not a good enough reason mm. do you know um, and that's actually a, that's only a, a very recent lesson I've learned um, which has now inspired me to do uh, to, to pursue psychotherapy as a career 
like I, I had wanted to do it for a long time, and I was like, no, it'd be fucking, it'd be too emotionally hard, and I, I, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a sensitive person. It's going to be fucking. If I went down that route, it'd be very difficult, and I don't know if it'd be a hard life, like you know. Yeah. It's not a good enough reason. Mm. It's just not a good enough reason to yeah. do things. But um, yeah, like it's so funny. There, there are. <laughs> You gave me like a flashback to starting out in college, you know, the freshers week and all the condom stuff, like, yeah, yeah. stacking up your bag, and, you know, end the second year, they're still there, like, yeah. or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, and it, it, or yeah there, there are these, there are these yeah. kind of unhelpful cultural expectations that mm. we have, and uh, when you were talking about that, it transported me to like six, seven years previous, when you're like, kind of in the period where you're leaving primary school. Have you shifted a young one? Like, are you yeah, are you yeah, a yeah. frigid? <laughs> no, lad, I shifted someone in the girl talk. Yeah. Or you know, on holidays. On holidays, yeah, yeah, in Spain. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's just, we have yeah, these yeah. horrible expectations on ourselves yeah. and on yeah, our yeah. peers. And I suppose, like like yourself in, in secondary school, you, you, you want to fit in. And it's like, it's, it's a survival mechanism. So you kind of, mm. we perpetuate these unhelpful norms mm. uh, without realising the damage they do to ourselves and our peers like you know mm. like um, I was an, I was a massive square when I started in in college like I hadn't even kissed a girl never mind slept with a girl mm. like you know and uh, that not only uh, that was weird from at least my understanding of other people's perspective yeah. was that you haven't kissed girl you're a weird what you gay are you even as if being gay would have any, would have any yeah, shame yeah, yeah. or negative connotations attached like but you know you know the way yeah. we kind of we all talk with friends these things and talk with these things like yeah, yeah and it's, it's just um, yeah it's, I think we're, we're awful as a culture like or as a, as a species but we can be very fucking hard on ourselves in terms of mm. expectations and in terms of uh, pressures we put on ourselves and then on other people like you know yeah. and it's just um, it's very it's very yeah, just, fucking difficult yeah, it was, as we said at the start, it was just, I say that stuff because I'm like, for young lads that are out there now, like going, say like starting college or whatever age you are and you're going to nightclubs and all, the pressure, I just remember the pressure of like getting the shift and like you had to at least get the shift in the nightclub. Yeah. Right? And it was just like, like I remember walking around sometimes being like, fuck, the night's nearly over, like I need to do something here. Mm-hmm. And it was all just because I was, the lads would be asking like, did you get shift? And if you said no, like, you just be like, whoa, Jesus, you're useless. Well, in your own head, you yeah, do that. I, it's a bit it's yeah. sad. Like I feel like why do I care that much? But you do. It's at the course, time you do. Yeah. It's, it's your friends, like and you. I don't know. You don't want to be like the weird one that fucking can't fucking get shipped, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah. But think, think, think pressure. of all the the self confidence uh, issues and the anxiety that comes with that, like and yeah. and then the fucking substance abuse that goes with it as well. Like yeah, you know, exactly, you're. Yeah. you're your relationship with alcohol is just totally fucking fucked then because yeah, yeah. you're trying to reduce the anxiety and increase the confidence by consuming more alcohol so that you can do this thing that doesn't matter exactly you know, yeah, it's yeah. just it's a I know it's, it's a hard it's a hard time uh, it is a hard time yeah and but and, and like I said before hard doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing but yeah. harder than it needs to be mm-hmm. like you can learn the important lessons uh about life and about having the crack and about humour without being shoved into a fucking building with 900 lads and four teacher women yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean like I don't know but um, hopefully bad. hopefully as fucking 
hopefully we'll be able to reflect on it as parents in the, in the future like with you know oh when I went to school there was only boys there it's not mental and our kids will laugh their heads yeah, off yeah. do you know exactly. um, but yeah like you, you mentioned the cycle mm. and I before you, before you said it I had read it in one of your blog posts oh, yeah. and the blog post was uh, I think say what you're going to do, say what you're going to do and do it yeah um, and the gist of the of the post and when I say the gist of these posts that doesn't mean that people shouldn't read the post ah. they should still read them anyway <laughs> the, the gist was um, that we, we you know we, we commit, commit, commit to doing what we're saying we're going to do mm-hmm. when we, when we say, say you're going to do something so that you go ahead and do it yeah. eventually do you know yeah. so you wrote the blog so that you couldn't feel like you go, yeah, you go right. back yourself yeah. so my question for you was, what would be the the repercussions of not going on your sixteen hundred mile cycle, mm. uh, having posted that blog? Um, I suppose I could easily decide I don't want to do it and just not do it. But I yeah I don't think the repercussions for like what people think will be as strong as a reason. As my own, I feel like I'm letting myself down. I don't really. I could come up with some blog saying, I don't want to do the cycle because I decided I don't want to do it and I don't care what all you people think. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just feel personally I'd be letting myself down because okay. I know it's something I. I know I shouldn't say I have to do, but something I, know, I want I to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's something that I know I'll get great benefit from, even though it's painful as we were talking about. And I just feel I'd be letting myself down if I just cop. I feel like a cop out if I do okay. if I don't do it because I said I'm gonna do it, and I, I hate saying I'm gonna do something and not doing it. Like if I say someone asks me, "Oh, are you coming um, to my birthday party on the weekend?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll be there." I won't like now. I will not commit to that unless I'm sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. I'll like I feel I think in the last year maybe I've maybe I've done it more that I didn't realize, but I said I'd be somewhere and I haven't been there because I just. I just hate people who I don't hate people who do this but I mean I hate when people say oh I'll be there at this time and then they just don't turn up or something it just like kind of annoys me and I'm like I don't want to be that person that says they're going to do something and just doesn't do it so um, it's kind of made me more wary of committing to things as well so I don't always like overcommit myself like you know say you put an event on Facebook and 100 people are going and then yeah. turn up so yeah. it's like stuff like that um. So if I say I'm gonna do something, I I always try to back it up and do it. And it comes back to the values, like yeah, the honesty, integrity. Yeah. I suppose as another one that yeah. So I just want to live like that. So I see myself as a person with integrity and honesty that I will do what I say I'm gonna do. Yeah, that so. that's a that's a a daily way of frame. It. Like mm. it's, I I suppose I was hoping and my hopes came true. I was hoping that you weren't gonna say oh because people will be wrecking me head. Or something. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. it's more it's a much more personal thing. Like, I think uh, integrity has been something that I've thought about much. <laughs> People will be laughing saying, Yeah, it's because you've got no integrity about it. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's a very personal thing. Yeah. Um so that that's that's and then that's yeah, cool. like if, if say if I didn't do it then it's just the way I'd look at myself then slightly change. Yeah. As a there's a fellow Benjamin Hardy who I used to read a lot of his blogs and uh, he always says like it's actually your behaviour that defi- defines who you are not 
the other way around. So it's like when you start acting with integrity, you'll see yourself as a person with integrity and you'll you'll like show that value every day. Yeah. So it's like if you want like it's not like uh say a kind person starts acting kind. It's if you do it yeah. the other way around, if you just start yeah. acting kind to people, you'll become kind. Yes. It kinda of sounds like it's almost cheating, but it is the way it's all about the way you view yourself. So if you start going to the gym every day in the morning, you'll see yourself as I'm yeah. a person that goes to the gym. Yeah. I'm in good shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's getting that behaviour and I'm always like I'm not gonna like slack on that behaviour because then I know I'll start seeing yeah. view myself a bit differently. So yeah. it reminds me of what you said about writing. If you write you see write and you'll be a writer. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, uh, it's kinda I suppose the idea of a like a self-fulfilling prophecy like you know yeah, you yeah. do do things to be a certain way yeah. don't don't pretend don't have this idea of yourself in your mind and and um then be paralyzed by the inact by an action or something you know yeah uh, like everyone has to start somewhere yeah. like yeah with everything i do i'm sorry if i'm rambling on this point a bit mm-hmm. but something else so remember some, once i was singing and this was years ago and someone was like jeez you can't sing at all and it just stuck with me that thing like this is when I was about ten years old, it's a maybe a bit older. But uh and ever since that I just said I was just like, I don't care if I'm a shit singer, I'm gonna keep singing anyway, because I like singing. Yeah. And now like I've been singing like not like like anything like like lessons or anything like that. I just sing a lot because I enjoy it. And then I it's actually started getting kinda of good at it and then it's like I've trained myself to sing better. I'm yeah. just like any. I just believe anything you can. There's no like there is some people have a certain amount of talent, but I just think if you work at something, you can get good at it. So yeah. and now I'm like when I go back to Montreal now, there's like an Irish band that play like with the GA team. They have like an Irish band that play a few gigs and pubs and stuff. So I sang with them like once or twice, and they were like basically, do you want to come with us to all the gigs and stuff and sing songs? I was like, yeah. So I was just gonna oh, join, join them. I was. I love it like I love singing Irish music and stuff and and people are like geez you're a good singer and stuff yeah. and I'm like it's mad because people do like your yeah. man whoever sent me back then was just like you're shy and um yeah so it's and I just think it's kind of goes for anything you you want to do like just put a bit of effort into it and you can become good at it so yeah and I just as I start the more I sing now I'm like oh I can actually sing I yeah, just start believing nice. in myself you yeah, know, yeah the more I do it yeah I think I think we we all have like I mentioned before we all have these capacities to fucking to do things like you know it's it's rare where people will be inherently brilliant at some type of skill you know it's it's something that is acquired and learned and developed through practice you know so uh, I think we we can be harsh we can so uh, on another day or uh, another person receiving that um, that label of you're a shit singer yeah that that that, could, never that could, sing again, yeah it? yeah you yeah. know and I know uh, my my mum uh, I think when she was in primary school there was the the larks and the crows or something that the, yeah. the class were divided into and the larks were the children that could sing and the crows were the mutants in the background that didn't have a tune in their head or whatever yeah, you know yeah, yeah. or so the teacher prescribed them as and my mum was a crow and like, that was her right I'm not a good singer exactly yeah do you know it's just. That's another thing, like, school just teaches us, like, you're good at this and you're bad at this. Yeah. It's like, that's bullshit. You can be good at anything you want to be, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Once the desire and the willingness to kind of practice is there. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And it, I think it it reflects in our relationships with ourselves. Uh, 
whether or not we have that perspective like that we can do it you know mm. and um like if you don't if you don't have a good relationship with yourself let's say you had a you you have you had a less healthy relationship with yourself than you've had over the past 15 years well that label would have fucking possibly deterministic of and you know you never would have sung in the band you never would have continued mm. practicing and that would have been one element of life which you couldn't describe any joy from because it, you it, you would have just fucking turned it off mm. as a as an expressive medium yeah, but um exactly. with the relationship you have with yourself was thankfully sufficiently helpful enough so that you go to continue to sing mm. and as as you've been talking it's become clear to me and now definitely stop me if I'm wrong and I'd, lo- I'd love to hear the different stages of development yeah. but it seems like your relationship with yourself in terms of com- self-compassion and kind of self-actualization has has really greatly developed over the course of you know your childhood teenage and now kind of life into your mid-twenties like and that to me from my perspective that kind of informs how you describe being as happy as you've ever been now mm. so how when you reflect on your, the relationship with yourself and I suppose your own emotional well-being over the past 25 years are there are there points that stand out that you haven't maybe referenced already like um that's a good question. Um, yeah, I suppose I completely agree with that. I've definitely, like, my relationship my, with myself has definitely been the thing that's been constantly improving throughout the years. And, and that's, as you said, that's why I'm happy with myself now than, more so than I ever was. But I suppose, yeah, there, there probably is certain moments. Uh, I don't know, I think... For me, anyway, this it's funny, just a story from Montreal recently. Some girl asked me, um, she goes, what, what's your weaknesses or something? Like, it's kind of a random question, you know, you get asked. Like, what's your biggest weakness? And I was like, Jesus. I don't like really answering them sort of questions myself. Sometimes I thought, like, my friend Teen in Montreal, like, he probably could answer better because he... We live together, like, and he knows me so well. I was like, he you can answer that for you. Yeah, Sorry, he, could, yes. he could see all my weaknesses. Like, he, I'm sure he'd have a list, but yeah. I was just like, but I didn't, I've never asked the question really. And then I just said, I suppose sometimes I think I'm not good enough. And that was the thing that came out of my mouth. And then it was ever since that, I'm like, that is, I've always thought I'm not good enough for whatever it was like. And mm. I think, probably stem somewhere from my childhood I don't know why um, but I think we get these kind of beliefs stuck in our head at early childhood sometimes it's the ones that are hard to dislodge um, but yeah so I think that's always been running through my life and I think uh, in terms of say I haven't been in many like relationships like say with girls like I haven't really been in any long term like maybe one or two I'm twenty. I'm actually twenty seven now, so I'm pretty up. Like, for in terms of relationships, that's not not a lot for a normal lad. But I think part of that could have stemmed from the fact that I feel like I'm not good enough, like not worthy of love or whatever. Um, I don't think that way anymore. Like I've, like I was fell in love and I felt worthy of it, and but I just feel like that's 
kind of the constant team that I was always fighting against throughout my life of not being good enough. And maybe that was why I started doing all this self-development to try and become good enough yeah. for myself first. Yeah. And then I suppose I think self-compassion is the most important thing that you said there. Instead, like I remember wrote, wrote, wrote something on Instagram once about you have to love yourself and um, but not in an egotistical sense, more yeah. just like a self-compassion and I, I was also you said earlier like I sound very hard on myself and I think I always was I've kind of let up a little bit like I was always setting goals and like berating myself and I didn't meet them and to be usually ridiculous goals anyway I'm like no like how would I meet that goal but in that frame of time but uh yeah I think I just I can't really think of any like specific moments right now but I suppose falling in love that was a big one for me changed my view on everything actually that was uh i see my life as like before i fell in love and after i fell in love it's like two different things right um, yeah and i just feel that kind of opened myself up to maybe it was because someone loving me or else could have been a mixture of that like that i'm worthy and like that kind of started coming out then with like my own voice and i started my blog after that i started pizza sunday club after that yeah and my blog like there was one a year later but i just started believing in myself a lot more after i like fell in love and felt that love and i think it was also like given like you know like i see love as like you're given to the other person it's not about you like it's about you're always given and i just think that kind of and like the feeling you get from giving to others is just like so strong and you just um i couldn't like I remember I just lost interest from my job after after that when I did fall in love. I just I was working in an office. Uh, I think I was there for like a. I actually, yeah, it wasn't too long, but I just couldn't do it anymore. I still stayed in the job for a while, but I lost all interest in it. I was just started pizza Sunday club soon after, and my passion was that. That's all I thought about morning, noon, and night. I was going into work, but I was doing pizza Sunday club stuff and. I was just getting paid to be there, but I was do- I was doing the bare minimum to get by yeah. and work like, and uh, but yeah, I just had this passion for giving to others that I never had before until I yeah. fell in love, and then I started writing. Then I started. That's when I kind of started like more musical stuff. I started singing yeah. again, like guitar, and then I went to the kind of the artsy expression side instead of I was always business mind like business focused and stuff. That's how I studied in school and stuff. But then after I met your own, I just, everything changed in my perspective on life. And I just, yeah. then I quit my job or whatever and went to traveling in Canada. And yeah, as I said, I just see things differently now. I see like life is meant to be like live now. And you're meant to like connect with people and love more. And it sounds a bit airy fairy. I don't like, like love and all that. But don't, it it's but like it is. For me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it that's, doesn't that's the, doesn't sound very phrasing. Yeah. Actually, I hadn't. I, I until you uh, articulated as such. There, I had never heard love described kind of from that giving perspective. Yeah. So, I I don't think it's it's very fair to say that you know, at least for you and for people like you, and I think I would be like you in this regard that um, life is about what you can contribute mm. to. The world and your and your species and your and other species as well like it's what what you can do uh, 
how, how you can how, you know you I think meaning meaning in life for me mm-hmm. is ascribed from uh, leaving the world better than I came into it yeah. kind of thing do you exactly, know yeah. um, and that and that will involve giving mm-hmm. uh, and and love like you know because uh, I I suppose ultimately I want to I, I ultimately I feel like I have a capacity for love which I want to grow and fulfill mm-hmm. do you know um, and to do that I think I have to do my best for other people but when, when you mentioned kind of falling in love it it's it's mad that you see your life kind of in, in those terms that there, was, there was the yeah. before and there was the after but it, it kind of show it comes through quite clearly that it opened up a basically an avenue a, a whole new world of well-being which you had never kind of seen before like mm-hmm. uh, you know th- through through giving and through kind of different ex- expressive methods and stuff like you know so mm. that's a that's clearly a, a I, don't know, I don't know what to say a turning point of, but a, like a highly yeah. salient experience yeah. you know yeah. and I think the thing about that is where like I would be the same I get my meaning from like given what I can give to other people like I don't even see my future career as what can make me money it's like I just want to have enough money so I don't have to worry but I'm like what can I do to help other people um one of the reasons I want to come on and talk here just in case I can help someone so like anything and the reason I write my blog it's not for me it's for maybe some parts I do get enjoyment out of it so I do get something from it but the reason I try to be honest with it is just like what I can help other people with and it kind of is like I think that's should be the meaning for most people because that's where you get your joy and fulfillment from so it's kind of you're giving to others but you're also getting from it so it's like a win-win yeah. in that sense because you've I think part of the reason I'm so happy now in the last couple of months is because I've just stopped focusing on myself yeah. and I'm just literally as I said when I meet people I'm not thinking about how do I look or how am I coming across I'm literally just like tell me about you and yeah I just I don't see myself anymore really like I just see other people yeah and when you just start looking at the world from just seeing other people it just makes your life so much easier and I on top of that it's I just mix that with gratitude for everything I have I'm just like I'm living in Montreal I have an apartment I have a nice bed sleeping I have I can afford to nice food of good more making good money doing painting and I don't have much in my apartment we've like two camp chairs and two mattresses I think that's the height of the furniture that we have and I was like they come unfurnished and we're just like we don't really need anything yeah. didn't even get internet we're like I was like I don't want internet in the house I just want to sit there yeah. have time to just sit there and write or read or whatever and um, no TV or anything like that so we just sit there myself and Teen in our chairs like we chat sometimes or read but yeah. I'm just so it's just a simple life but I'm so grateful for everything I have Yeah. and I just focus on other people and that just makes me happy and then subsequently you might help someone as well because yeah. you're focusing on them yeah. kind of making other people happy too so. well I think uh, uh, one, of the, one of the most I feel important lessons I've learned over the past years I, I referenced Sam Harris earlier it's uh, actually something I got from him as well and um, the phrase can be distilled into with with, let's say the most helpful ethics and morality selflessness and selfishness converge to mean the same thing mm, yeah. do you know what I mean like I you know they're you know I I could 
describe myself as, as an incredibly selfish person because I want to spend all my time helping other people because yeah. that makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I'm, you know, you could you could argue that I'm fucking you know one of the most selfish person people you'll ever meet, but that doesn't that doesn't have to be a bad thing because me being selfish means trying my best to improve other people's quality of life mm. as much as possible yeah. because that in turn will improve my quality of life. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And um, so there is no true kind of with, with I'd like to think anyway with the the code of ethics and the morality which I've been trying to uh, uphold in my life mm. th- there is no such thing as that kind of stereotypical selfish dickhead self-serving act yeah. do you know what I mean I suppose as long as your focus is on the other person and yeah. not on making yourself feel good through helping them you know what I mean it's yeah. not like but they kind of I suppose they you don't want to go to fucking Africa and build a house just to feel good but yeah if no one's going to live in the house or something you're just doing it because you I suppose it's how it's, I suppose it's how you feel good uh, do you fucking take a super sweet fucking filtered pick after you build a house and you feel good because loads of people liked it and yeah, shared it on yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. or do you feel good because you have because you're looking at that this family yeah yeah do you know so as long um, as yeah, your focus is on them and yeah. you're getting that for them yeah, yeah I agree though it's but I, I don't what it is. I think um, doing things because they make you feel good isn't a wrong reason isn't a bad yeah. reason to do something you know, true, true, you know yeah. and you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't punish yourself mm. for feeling good for doing a good thing and you should I think it can possibly come from maybe that overthinking perspective and that you're kind of like you, you do something decent and then you're like oh I'm just doing this because I'm really an egotistical prick yeah. no you're you're, you're you, you can I suppose it's it's, it's it can be interesting to philosophize in these things but yeah. ultimately I think it can be helpful to be charitable to ourselves and say no I did this because I wanted to help other people and that makes me feel good I didn't do it purely for myself yeah, you know yeah. what I mean but before I forget um I can I can still see like much much like myself you know I, I have a long way to go a long 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 way to go in terms of improving my own self compassion and my own relationship with myself and my own emotional well being and I certainly don't have all the answers and I'm, there are a lot of people out there that are a hell of a lot more informed and emotionally healthy than I am but one thing that struck me uh, you talked about yourself and kind of you know you're twenty seven and. Uh, there's only been a couple of romantic relationships I've had, you know, mm. and uh, and you know that's not really normal for other people uh, to quote you, and I think normal is shite, normal is boring, normal is yeah. fucking normal isn't interesting, you know, and although you might let's say that might I don't know if it is I I don't I genuinely don't know the kind of figures for fucking um, yeah, romantic relationships for people in their mid to late twenties, but like. In over the course of your life, you've done so many things that have exceeded the norm in terms of what you what you've already accomplished uh, through your capacity for love, through your fucking love and heart. Like you know, the the man I hear sitting across from me is a man with a fucking seriously seriously large capacity for love and giving. Do you know? I don't mean to fucking blow smoke up your hole, but uh, I I really really mean that. Like sure. so, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't view yourself as um, abnormal in a to to your detriment or something or something yeah, that's yeah. you know uh, 
like something where you're failing or you know you haven't had the success that where other people have had mm. you know this this is just the the life you've been living and you've had very enriching experiences which uh people who might have had you know a couple of or a few different relationships of that last yeah, a few yeah. years you know yeah. mightn't have had you know so and like from my perspective I wouldn't I would not mm. in the, for, for a moment be concerned about mm. you uh, and like you, the health of your romantic future or something oh, you know yeah. what I mean because uh, again not to fucking blow smoke up your hole uh, but I think we can be harsh on ourselves and not realise our own attributes it's funny it I remember I went to, I was very unwell, uh, emotionally unwell there a few years ago. And um, I went to this guy called Joe Griffin. He, he founded like a, a school of psychotherapy called Human Givens. And he's an Irish dude himself and another chap called Ivan Terrell. Anyway, yeah. part of his therapy is he does like a guided, a guided meditation, which is like oh. a creative visualization type thing. Yeah. And in it, he's kind of has, he, Throughout, he kind of has some po- positive affirmations, mm. and then it was mental. Uh, the value in here, and just another man on a recording, and you could argue that it was contrived, but it still fucking it still helped me. And he was like, yeah. "You're you're a good looking man. You've uh, you've got a lot going for you. You're a smart, loving, compassionate man." And I, and it was like kind of the first time I, I had I had heard myself framed in that way, and just that positive affirmation really mm. kind of made me realise that Jesus, yeah, I'm not some fucking gremlin that lives under a bridge that only shouts abuse at people. You know, I actually have something to offer to the world, to the opposite sex, to myself, to my family, to my community. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an ugly prick. I'm, you know. Uh, to quote him, <laughs> a, a good-looking, honest man, like you know, yeah. and I don't mean good-looking in a fucking, like uh, in a narcissistic way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But just in a, in a confidence kind of way, kind of. Yeah. I didn't look any worse before he told me before I heard that. Yeah. And I didn't look any better after he told me that, but I fucking felt better. Exactly. Yeah. You know about myself. So with that in mind. You're a fucking good looking, yeah. intelligent, compassionate man yeah. who has fucking serious capacity for fucking love and uh, yeah. great, great things in the future. So I, I wouldn't be, wouldn't yeah. be. Just, con- yeah, just on that, I suppose, uh, yeah, in the earlier part of my life, say in like secondary school and stuff, and maybe the start of college, just when I was kind of still finding myself or whatever. Um, that's when I would have been like, what's wrong with me? I can't get a girlfriend. Like, a lot of lads have them, like, even, even in secondary school and stuff and start college. Not that I was, wasn't really looking for, but I was kind of like, I was like, why, why, do, why don't I get girlfriends? Like, how does it happen? Like, or whatever, you know? But now I actually have, like, the opposite view. I'm not like, oh, I really love a girlfriend. Like, I'm very, I actually think they're, like, more, like I tend like you grow, I know you grow in a relationship and on your own, but I'm like completely happy by myself at the minute. Like if I do find someone that is that I feel like compelled to like stay with, like I'll get in a relationship. But at the minute I'm like pretty happy doing my own thing and I'm, and I know that I will find someone and I just have like I just have this trust that I will and the more I the better I become as the person I wanna be 
the more chance of that relationship being better and better like yeah because when I fell in love first I was in a good place like I was pretty happy with it was but I know I had a lot to go and part of this travelling for me is dealing with my shit like and I just think it's away away from Ireland like just going somewhere and kind of I don't like using that phrase either finding yourself I think the better one is creating yourself it's like becoming who you want to be yeah um, and I'm kind of doing that now and through travel like you meet different people new ways of living and you kind of start figuring things out like I like living like I like this part of the Canadian culture and compared I'm like I like this part of this other culture or whatever or you learn lessons off different people you meet but like I'm so like just become more happy and happy myself and I know that if I do find a woman that I like I'm mad about I'll just be able to bring so much to that relationship because I'm not there to take anymore I don't need her to yeah. obviously it'd be nice to hear like oh I love you or yeah. you're great or this or whatever but I don't need that yeah. confirmation I just I'm there to like just enjoy it and kind of like as I said before to like, give to the relationship instead of I don't need to be like taken or I'm not going to lean on her um, I'm just funny because my my mates Gleason uh, sent me something on Instagram there just this evening and it was uh, just a picture of a boy asking his father um, how will I meet the right girl dad and he goes don't don't worry about meeting the right girl just focus on being the right man or something like that yeah so it's yeah. like I just feel like once I'm just completely happy myself yeah. like I'll do I will meet someone and it'll be great like it'll be a great relationship so yeah I wouldn't I just say from I do sometimes see people in relationships I'm like sometimes they'd be better on their own because I'm like yeah I know you're not in it for you're kind of probably in it for security rather than love and maybe like I know some people are but some people aren't and it's just like you know some people that just go from relationship to relationship to relationship yeah. it's like give yourself some fucking time to get yeah. over the first one you know yeah. and like kind of ask give yourself time to kind of figure out what you want from a relationship or what you want from your own life instead of just jumping around for security all the time you know yeah. I never heard that frame before and I think it's a really helpful one to have that mm. you can do a lot of development individually as, a, as an individual unit and as a let's say a romantic unit like a, yeah. with, with someone uh, and it's not something I thought about but I think it's I think it's a helpful thing for both single people and uh, couples to hear yeah. uh, because I I probably to my own detriment felt very similar to you in early years of college the lads having girlfriends and stuff I felt like th- there was I was limited in my life kind of in my development as a human being mm-hmm. uh, do you know like like the lads were I felt like my friends were developing in their own lives and I was kind of stuck in the mud and I couldn't develop any further yeah. which was such an unfair perspective to have myself like because you don't you don't always you don't need some somebody with you to, to grow as a person mm. um, and similarly you know if, 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 if somebody is listening is in a relationship you don't need to be alone to develop yeah, as a person, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not deterministic in, or limiting. Um, mm. I should say, but yeah, that's that's fucking really interesting. In in another one of your blog posts, you, I think it was, the Facebook one, which actually had had a deadly graphic of the, 
a computer on a screen in the background, just a cartoon, oh, yeah. and um, a man holding up a, a, a smiley face in front of him, and he's, he's, he has a tear in his eye behind it, and he's clearly very upset mm. about the fronts that we have. Yeah. But um, I think it was in that blog post that you mm. referenced suffering what, or nearly suffering from what felt like an emotional breakdown. Mm, yeah. uh, I'd l- love you to expand on, on what that feeling felt like, you know, experientially yeah. and physiologically. Um, yeah, I haven't really thought about that in a while. That was, uh, so that would have been, when was that? Could have been last year, right? Second, second and a half last year. Or maybe, yeah, so maybe it, this yeah. last year. I think it was, okay. the, well, at least, sorry, the blog post was in the second half of last year, so it was probably so reflecting on a time before that. So probably, yeah. probably around middle of last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose um, I was in Canada at that stage in Victoria on the West Coast, and I'd been there for about six months at that stage, and uh, I don't know, it was... Uh, I just, I never really got like that before. It was just, I felt, so I was kind of only, it was only when I went away that I was getting over that initial relationship that I had with Jerome where I fell in love and stuff. And I suppose it was just like such a powerful thing, experience for me as I talked about already. But, and it just was hard to, and then I had the, I think the Pizza Sunday Club, it was a long distance relationship. So it kind of, it was tough. And I think the Pizza Sunday Club kind of filled the hole for me as well in that sense that it gave me something beyond myself to focus on. As I said, like falling in love was like, it wasn't about me anymore, it was about them. And then I started seeing other people like outside of me. So it was Pizza Sunday, I was always focused on the goal of like growing it. And it was a part of it was probably to distract myself that from the, the long distance was hard. So I was going to focus on something else. And it was always like, uh, striving for that goal and then I came to Canada and I wasn't there's no more pizza Sunday club for me then it was just me and I just had to deal with myself <clears throat> and it was only then that I started asking myself to, like the relationship broke down like a good year before that it was only when I got to Canada that I started asking myself the questions like kind of like where am I going again and like like nothing nothing could fill that void of that love that I had. Like there was no pizza Sunday anymore. There was nothing to fill that. It was just me dealing with myself and just going to work. I was working in a bar and I don't know. And I found the job in the bar. I enjoyed it at times, but it was also, it was kind of tough because you're going in there. Uh, I was bart- I got bartending after a couple of months and then you're like, you have to be on, you have to be like in a good mood. I used to go up the stairs, like the change rooms at the bottom of the stairs, and go upstairs, and I, there's a mirror at the top, and you'd always see yourself just before you walk into behind the bar. I just look in the mirror, and be like, right, switch on. Time, my job. I always saw my job as like make other people happy. Yeah. It's not to like serve drinks or anything. My job is just to make people have a good time. I suppose that can sometimes you're just not in the frame of mind to go. You're just like I don't want to deal with people, but you have to go into work and you have to yeah. switch on and. You know, Canadian, there's like the tipping culture as well. So you can't just be like an Irish bartender, like here's your pints and fuck off. You just yeah. have, you have to be like friendly and shit. And it's just like, sometimes I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. But I had to do it. And then I think the part of the breakdown was, was like dealing with my shit. Uh, I kind of wanted to run away from it. And I, I just wanted to leave. 
a part of it was like the job was like I don't want to go in there anymore because I wasn't in a good place mentally I was like I can't go in there and just fake it like all the time because it was just draining like like I just felt like I was going against how I felt yeah. Um, yeah so I remember saying it to team one night I was just like I fucking I just want to go in the van and just like drive somewhere else I just want to I don't know if I, I think I wanted to leave Victoria yeah, I was I just felt like I was stuck there and I just wanted to there was a lot of emotion that I dealt with there. I just wanted to leave and just get in the van and drive and feel yeah. that kind of sense of freedom again. But he was like, you're running from whatever. Like, he's like, you can't, he's like, he's like, you can leave. But he's like, but you're only just running from your own mind and stuff. And so yeah, everything was just getting so overwhelming. It was all like in my mind, like, but I just didn't know. I just didn't feel in line with, what I wanted to be doing in terms of with the pizza Sunday thing I kind of envisaged like kind of building on that and going further and like spreading it around I was going to do it around Canada and America and then I kind of was like oh no I'll take a break and then I was I was just left with nothing uh, to kind of focus for my future I was just working in the bar and I just yeah just dealing with all that stuff I just wanted to run and just get in the van and just get out of there yeah. and go meet different people and and I felt like I was kind of getting involved in the community there like like I was working in the bar so loads of people started to know me and stuff you know because you're meeting so many people every day and I was just like I just want to go somewhere where no one knows me I can really empathize with that visceral desire to escape yeah it's like it's like your whole fucking I know your fucking your muscles are crying out to mm. break through a wall and escape get out of the environment the space mm. you're in everything yeah. you just need to be somewhere else because you know when I'm somewhere else things will be better this is the kind of fallacy you have in your mind do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, which yeah. obviously like thank, thankfully you had team and your mate there yeah, beside yeah. you to say like listen Cormac you, you absolutely can fucking pop in the van and fuck off but you know your 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 demons will fucking get in the passenger seat with you, like you know, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's yeah. not it's not a it's not a solution. It's just a it's kind of a a desire. It's like a it's the flight, the flight, uh, yeah, the flight, the flight that, yeah. aspect of you know the adrenaline yeah, course through your veins because you're just so fucking feel like so animalistically uncomfortable. Yeah, do you know, yeah, like yeah. it's just it's it's really core in your core being, and um, mm. yeah, it really does. Uh, seem close to, very close to kind of like an emotional breakdown because I, I I remember being at that point and escaping going to escape mm. and losing my mind and what I wanted to do my escape was to kill myself and because I was just so viscerally uncomfortable with everything where I was who I was what I thought people thought of me the way life was everything I just I just did not want to exist and I wanted to escape and I was pissed and I wanted to break things and I was in tears and you know and that that is a a horrible a horrible mm-hmm. feeling but I think it actually it makes me feel somewhat validated knowing that you've gone through something very similar and I think we mm. we can lose sight of or we don't have the insight into other people's lives it's kind of, it's kind of Apparently what the podcast is about, like, you know, yeah. is is hearing you talk about that and me going, yeah, 
me too yeah. and other people listen going all oh, right so i'm not fucking mental or i'm not a lunatic that happened to me as well yeah, you know yeah. these are these are kind of shared experiences which mm. we all can have and um that desire for reinvention uh kind of going where somebody doesn't know you you know yeah. uh you were in victoria and yeah. you were you, you had integrated into the community and people knew you whereas you were that you were that happy go lucky bartender and yeah, that yeah. wasn't you that I was felt, yeah that was the mask you know yeah that was definitely a mask like i kind of had to put, put that persona on for the bar i know i, I kind of grew into it and i sort of did become that but at the start I wouldn't have been I'd be very good at like talking one on one people but I wasn't like the entertainer like you have to when you're in the front of that bar like you have like 12 seats or whatever you have to like kind of entertain the crowd that's the way I saw like it had to be done because you kind of have to keep people chatting and you're like moving around and I was like very uncomfortable at the start I was like this is not me but I had to grow into that and I come as I said my behaviour and then I kind of started seeing myself I was like I'm actually good like I'm starting good at it like I was like um, but yeah, definitely part of it just didn't sit well with me. Like the the whole like kind of tipping culture where you have to be like kind of friendly to everyone. When sometimes you just want to tell them to fuck off. Like, yeah. but uh, well, I did a couple of times and they're trying to do something. But uh, yeah, but I think it was just a combination of things. Like, and I think also the the bar work itself was very it was hard. Like, because you're going, you're not getting home to like fucking four in the morning. And, yeah. You know, you're drinking a lot as well. Like I, yeah. part of the reason I didn't get a bar job in Montreal, well, apart from not having French, it was kind of, it would have been hard to get one, but I just didn't want to do that lifestyle anymore because you're in a bar, all your friends are in the bar, you work in there, you end up drinking there a lot, like, and you just, you meet people there and that's your social life. So I just didn't really want to, just so like, you know, when you're, when you're drinking that much, like say, like four times a week or whatever, like it could be big nights as well. You're just, your frame of mind, your mental frame of mind is just not in a good place. Like you're, you know, you could get the fear or whatever. Yeah. I think it was just a culmination of empty things. Like, yeah, I just, my mind wasn't in a good place, but I think it's scary in a way because I would always taught myself very like mentally, like in a good place. And yeah. it just slipped like that fairly yeah. drastically. So yeah, I suppose it can happen to anyone. Like I think yeah. if you don't look after yourself, and well nowadays like I'm so conscious of like my emotional well-being is like my number one like I will doesn't matter what time I have to get up for work in the morning I used to start when I was doing the painting there before I came home it was starting at like I had to leave the house at six in the morning so I'd get up at five wouldn't even eat but I'd have my hour to get my mind ready okay like we myself and teen had a routine so mine was to get up drink a good bit of water say two pints of water cold shower for a couple of minutes uh then i do like usually have like moisturizer i was kind of what you were saying like when you're putting the moisturizer on i feel like i'm looking after my body it's like uh like make myself like yeah. feel good and look good yeah. uh, and then i do 20 minute meditation and then i do write in my journal a little bit just like rambling thoughts just kind of get them down and today's gonna be a good day sort of thing looking forward to the day just getting my positive mindset yeah and then uh yeah so that's like my routine every morning kind of slacked a bit when i came home there but i've gotten it back to be yeah. pretty similar to that but uh i just think them three things like just set me up for the day every day and like i i just wouldn't sacrifice any of them because 
I want to enjoy the day as much as I can. Like, so. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I find the cold shower like one of the best things because I think it's you're doing the hard thing the first thing in the morning. Like, I every time I turn on the shower, I'm just like, I do not want to get in there. It's <laughs> like, this is bleak. Why am I yeah. doing this? But yeah. as soon as you get in, like, it's shit at the start, but then you get out, you just feel fucking fantastic. Yeah. Like I say, it's like as good as like antidepressants or something. It's like you just feel like on this like kind of high and yeah. then. And you've already done the hard thing and just throughout the day then you just don't shirk the hard things like you yeah. go to the gym or something you push yourself a bit further right? even though some, you push yourself more in the gym and stuff and you don't make excuses for things just from that little habit of the cold shower yeah it's just yeah. something I like I sometimes I go into the very cold water like in yeah. say in the lake in uh, winter or spring or something <laughs> I'm not as mad as uh, me cousin guys who's uh, who swims he, he swims in frozen lakes my brother does as well like yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, but d- there is something very vitalizing about having a cold shower like being in cold water so yeah. like you have it's class that you have those practices you yeah. know that you know or you have that you have that understanding of your mind that you need to kind of do maintenance work on it like you yeah, know yeah. With, with your meditation with your journaling with uh, even practices like your uh, your cold showers like mm. you know yeah, it's so important to do that yeah the one thing i have noticed is like it's not like i'd be in a bad mood or anything for like if i didn't do them i just wouldn't be in the positive mindset that i'm usually in like throughout the day I just like i don't really complain i try not to ever complain about anything because i'm just like what's the point and stuff like that and meditation like just gives you that couple of like split second to catch yourself before you do something that you don't want to do like complain or start thinking of negative stuff you just I just kind of just be more in the moment or whatever, as they say. But I have noticed since like I've been regularly doing these things, it's like my mind just now I wake up automatically in a good mood. It's not at the start. It was like you wake up with all these thoughts of oh everything I have to do today or whatever. Let's go to work. I don't want to go to work. That's the way it used to be, and I was like using these tools to like portions out in the good mood now I actually just wake up in a good mood and they just enhance it further you know what I mean like yeah. the neurons in my brain are just like changing like and creating new pathways or whatever yeah and now I just wake up like in a good mood every day Daily. well like obviously some days you don't but of course, like, yeah. in general it's just my mindset has just switched I and with that in mind uh, I'd like to ask you you mentioned reflecting this couple of things but you mentioned how now you feel as happy as as happy as you've ever felt and yeah. that specific phrase happy has come up a couple of times yeah and to so i'd like you to what what what's your understanding of mm. the idea of happiness yeah. uh, of that of that abstraction like what what is what what is it what is it that you strive for when you strive for happiness like what is happiness for you yeah so i think i've always had an obsession with like happiness and what it is and like what was like reading books on like how to be not how to be happy but like I always like I'm interested in other people's opinions of it like philosophers or whatever but uh and there's like different words people use like happiness joy contentment and I think for me it's like contentment is kind of what I'm looking for being at peace with myself because uh, I think happiness it tends to be the term we use a lot but I think that that's the one that kind of comes and goes uh so i suppose contentment is more what i strive for and it's as someone that i heard recently describe it it's contentment is you're happy with where you are like you're at peace with yourself and that means you experience all the emotions of life you 
the like the ups and the downs you experience like emotions like sadness and grief and but you also experience joy and you live the whole human experience you don't just like some kind of self-help stuff would, would at the start would have been just like try to be happy all the time happy 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 and yeah. avoid the bad stuff Positive. but that's like they're just running from the bad stuff instead yeah. uh, so it's kind of just for me it's my goal is to be able to be happy just sitting here in the moment doing absolutely nothing with nothing so I'm always like about one of my goals my like life goals is to be able to live fully in the moment I definitely haven't reached it yet. Just like a, like I want to practice as a monk for a while, just to yeah. kind of learn that skill more. But just being able to sit there with, just nothing going on, just appreciate everything like that's going on around you. Yeah. And uh, just be content. Yeah. With where you are, and I don't, you don't need any external things for that. Like, and everything else is just a bonus. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, uh, my. I hate I hate the idea of happiness that kind mm. of attraction like it because to me the classical understanding or the t- the the general kind of stereotype of happiness to me is just so unhelpful. It's like a yeah. it's like it, to me it means ignorance. It's you know it's like you said it's yeah. not it's not the whole cohort of the human experience. It's not the human condition. It's like joy and laughter all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's that's that, I think that's people's. It's kind of it's that's people's. Uh, view and they hear the word happy and yeah. uh, when you're talking about contentment it really converges on my idea or not my idea fucking it's me the whole my idea but what I've heard from other people which yeah. I've yeah. come to place a lot of credence in uh, of equanimity do you know so and that's kind of how I would view meditation how I view meditation as striving towards or striving mm. for equanimity so you have all these experiences in your life mm. and they don't have negative or positive salience you're just you're you're equal with them you know you're, pre- you're you're present with that experience and you're you're noticing it for what it is and you're not uh giving it any sort of uh value of yeah. positive or negative it just is mm. nothing is good and nothing is bad it just yeah, is yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and that's a very um very to me that's bliss and that's fucking nirvana what you hear what you hear in all the kind of the different meditation literature and stuff like that and um you know you mentioned that you're look always striving to be present like him and i think that that's i think the goal the helpful goal to have of any meditator and it's always something you strive towards Mm -hmm. but like it's you know practically impossible it's it's good to know that we have i think it's good to maybe appreciate that we we won't all, we won't get there mm. permanently. You know, we might have glimpses of it, we might have insights yeah. into it, but you know, those time those times will become more frequent and that's that's progress. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's exactly. that's how we can become what happy should mean. Do you know what mm. you know I think if people are striving to be happy, they should be sure not that they should be, but uh I think it's more helpful to strive to be content to be mm. in a state of equanimity to be more present and not uh be not be manic and not uh, suffer unnecessarily and uh, suppose before before we wrap up we've been going for nearly two hours when we respectful of your time and of course you, you're always welcome to come back 
come coming in coming into this conversation, um, you mentioned that you're kind of you're writing a couple of things down in your journal for what you might like to talk about or ideas you might like to share. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you feel we haven't touched on, or was there something that you felt very important that maybe I missed or you missed? I've come for a lot of the stuff that I, I kind of wanted to. I was just like, oh, can I share my general story and, uh, I suppose how I've, just things I've experienced or whatever. But, uh, I suppose one thing I like just to, with the blog as well. I tend to just. I'm like, I want to give someone something they can take at the end of the blog, you know, to like actually use to like improve their life or whatever, uh, if they want to, instead of just saying my story and then they just read it and forget about it. So I was just thinking of like, what book would, if I had to recommend a book, what would it be? It's like, obviously I read, I'm reading a lot more now since I know internet and stuff at home. Because <laughs> I, I always wanted to read and for years I just struggled to finish books. But now I'm getting a lot more prolific with it and I have like Audible as well and that just like so I'm actually when I'm doing painting like I love it because I can just if I'm painting by myself just stick my earphones in play the book but uh, one book I, that I read recently that I found really helpful for like understanding the mind was The Chimp Paradox Ever heard yeah. of that one? No It's very good He just basically deconstructs different parts of the mind and how they all work together and it just, to me, it just made so much sense. And now I'm like, I'm aware of which different parts of my brain are working. So he splits it into like, there's the chimp, the chimp brain, there's the human, and then there's the computer. And he goes into it in great detail, which I won't do now, but just a quick synopsis is just how like your chimp brain is like your limbic brain, where it's, you can refer to it like the animalistic side, where it's fight or flight. It's a uh, fear of... Uh, being kicked out of the tribe it's a uh, it's like the sex drive it's longing for love and uh, communication all that sort of stuff and like it's quick to anger and stuff like that and that's kind of that's always there your chimp and it's not like good or bad it's it's just a chimp that's what he says and it's i suppose it's being aware when your chimp is taken over and because your the human brain will be the the Front, I can't remember the fucking word now. Front, right. front, front lobe. Front like lobe, yeah. Making, yeah, so it's all everything. logic, decision making, uh, stuff like that. And like, it's just, and then the computer is like all your stored stuff, like your, there's like autopilots. These, these are like positive uh, kind of beliefs that are stored in your brain. And then there's gremlins, which are uh, negative beliefs, but they're softwired. So you can change them, like you might have got them like recently, like I'm oh I'm not very good at football or something. Yeah. That's like yeah. A gremlin. And then there's goblins which are like um hardwired beliefs which are in there like deep, like from childhood, stuff like I'm not worthy of love or my value is based on what I achieve. You might have got that from your childhood and they're like much harder to get rid of. Yeah. Uh, and then so this is all stored information in the computer and and then there's like your view on life and your values and stuff is all in there. But it just, and he just talks about how to like get rid of some of the go- goblins and the gremlins and how to like improve your autopilots and how the human, uh, how the chimp brain reacts quicker than the human and stuff like that. So stuff like meditation will help your human brain kind of be aware when the chimp is acting and kind of stop it before it does. Like say someone 
cuts in front of you in line in the when you're driving and you yeah. fucking your chip is like you fucking bastard you start yeah. beating the horn and you're like because he's like he's challenging you or something yeah. but if you think of it logically yeah. maybe he's rushing to the hospital yeah. because his wife is pregnant in the back of the car you yeah. know we don't think logically about that it's just our chimp is much quicker to react but uh yeah just as a brief kind of how it works but it's he goes into great detail and yeah. great examples and it just it made it a lot clearer for me now whenever yeah. I'm acting or doing something like Jeez, that's what I'm acting like. That's the chimp brain there trying to yeah. say something. So it's just being aware of your chimp is what he says. Like yeah, so yeah, and yeah, you enjoy feeding it when you need to feed it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's really good. I recommend uh, that the chimp paradox. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's similar to kind of that the idea of the kind of compartmentalization of our brain and uh, mm. you know learning to integrate our mind a bit better. Um, it came up in a podcast I listened to recently with a computational neuroscientist from Harvard. His name escapes me at the moment, but he talked about how he practices. Um, I think it's called internal family systems meditation, and um, the way, the concept he described was of having. He has lots of different characters in his mind. So, uh, mm. anger is a character. Love is a character. Sadness is a character. Anxiety is a character. Uh, determination is a character. There's all these different characters. And uh, this internal family systems meditation is about loving and appreciating all these different characters in his mind. And so he develops a relationship with his mind that is one of love and appreciating anger for all it does for him and appreciating determination for all it does for him, appreciating sadness for all it does for him. Mm. And uh, learning to get these characters to love one another and for, for his sense of being to love them as well. I thought it was interesting. It kind of somewhat aligned with uh, what you were saying there. That's cool. But uh, so the chimp mind. So we can we can link to that as well. Yeah. yeah. But um, listen, Cormac, this yeah. podcast has been all about you. Thank you very much. Cheers, Pat. Cheers, brother. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. As mentioned in previous episodes, please get in touch with me with any feedback you might have, any ideas for guests. If you'd like to come on, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions for how I could improve the podcast. I really, really do want to hear from you. So just shoot me, shoot me a message on Facebook or on Instagram, or I'm on I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me at you, uh, Y E W on the different platforms. All about you on Instagram, at youface on Twitter, and at you on Facebook. Thank you very much for listening, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast and all the different podcast apps, and we're available on YouTube also if you find that handier to use.